0: This is Good Better Broker, a podcast from UWM. Heading into 2022, all eyes in the mortgage industry are on the purchase market. Independent mortgage brokers have a huge opportunity to capitalize on this and leave their retail counterparts in the dust. In this episode of Good Better Broker, we talk with two former retail LOs who have become top producers in the Wholesale Channel. They share their systems and strategies for purchase domination. That's coming up on Episode 7 of Good Better Broker. This information is provided to mortgage professionals only and is not intended for or authorized for consumer distribution. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice or endorsements of any kind. All right, welcome back to Good Better Broker. Pleased to be joined now by Breon Price. He is a broker owner with Motto Mortgage out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Breon, welcome aboard, man. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. Great to have you with us here. And uh, I can't wait for our listeners to hear your thoughts on this very important subject. Uh, And that is, of course, scaling your purchase business, which is a huge topic of conversation in the industry, especially heading into 2022. So before we jump into that, Brian, just for our listeners and some background on you, you made the switch from retail banking three years ago, and you are going to close 400 loans in 2021, which is just remarkable. So for starters, g- give our audience an idea of, of your overall <laughs> approach to, to scaling your purchase business.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, when when we started three years ago, I mean, the, the goal was basically for for me to be able to make my car payment. You know, I switched from underwriting to, uh, you know, to, to production and I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to do the sales side. So to see what we've grown, you know, in three years, um, it's an amazing and, you know, when you talk about scalability, it's not I, it's we and it's, it's the team. So, you know, my approach has always been, you know, uh, once I tap out. Okay, once I reach the maximum amount of loans that I can do, I need to be able to replace myself. I need to be able to bring somebody on. So um, the key really is surrounding yourself with people that care um, as much as you do. You know, this is the only thing I've ever done. This is my life. This is my career. Um, I need people around me that are also going to take this as serious because... Um, you know, we're working with with home buyers, right? I mean, we're working with people that are making the biggest financial decision they've ever made. And, you know, I need somebody that's going to care as much as they do, as much as I do, as much as the realtor does. So, you know, that's kind of the big approach that we would take into it. So, there, there's a couple of different ways you go
0: about this. And, and you just mentioned uh, one, and that's realtors. Uh, And you have a very specific approach as far as how you've been able to build relationships with your realtor partners. Tell our listeners about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it it, it really is all about, um, you know, their relationship, like you mentioned, Um, you know, I'm going to do 400 loans, a little over 400 loans this year with eight realtors. Um, That's it. You know, so um, the approach that we've had is we want to make this business as residual as possible. So those eight realtors that I work with, you know, um, I no longer have to worry about them calling me, okay, right? And um, and, and sending us business. Now I'm focusing on this service level. On hey, how do we how do we add value to their business so that way they, um, you know, th- th- that way they're you know feel comfortable referring us as heavy as they do. And a lot of that um, is revolved around just growing the relationship. You know, all eight realtors and all four builders that I work with, um, I'm very good friends with. Okay. Um, And there have been realtors that, you know, at one point we had 12 and, you know, four of them, it it may not have worked out, you know, to, you know, we just didn't match. Right. And I think that that's something that as a loan officer, it's okay to not work with everybody, right. From a realtor perspective, they have to match your business plan. You have to match theirs um, in order to make this, you know, a longevity thing.
0: Okay, so let's let's dive in a bit deeper here because uh, you mentioned this to me when we spoke on the phone. That when it comes to realtors, you really like the one-on-one meeting. You like That's to be able to get in front of them, and not just that, you like to do it over a meal.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so,
0: so give us give us the rundown on on how this all goes.
1: Okay, so you know the first thing that I realized when uh, when I first started was I need to figure out how to get in front of realtors. So I thought, well, you know what? Just take them out to lunch, you know, um, because if I take them out to lunch, we're gonna have forty five minutes of where I'm gonna be able to ask them questions, you know, and I'm gonna have a you know them captive. They're not gonna be able to run away, right? You know, uh, once we order the food, I'm definitely gonna be able to get them. So it was all based around just trying to get in front of them. Um, where I could ask them about their business. And, you know, the model that I had is, you know, is be yourself, right? I don't want to be anybody that I can't be, okay? But it's not about me, okay? So be yourself, but don't make it about you okay? It's all about how do I help the realtor do more business? Because if I help the realtor do more business, then they're going to, you know, hopefully refer me more business on the backside of that. So, um, we use the acronym FORD. I think, you know, um, a lot of people should, you know, use that. It's family, occupation, and recreation dreams. So, I always ask a realtor about, you know, their family, you know, because obviously, as a realtor or a loan officer, your family plays a big part in what you do, right? Because this job is not nine to five, Okay, um, I always ask them about how they got into the, how they got into real estate, um, you know, and, and what made them jump or where they came from. What's really interesting is as you grow with realtors, um, what they did prior to becoming a realtor tells you a lot of, you know will tell you a lot about how they go out and get their business. Some of my favorite rulers, you know, they were engineers or had an engineering background. That to me tells them, okay, they're very systematized, right? They have systems in place. That's where they came from. That's exactly how, you know, I grew my business. We put systems in place. So that was a kind of a natural fit. Recreation, what does everybody like to do for fun, right? I mean, what do you do to, you know, to kind of, you know, blow off steam from the job? And then last, you know, the last part about Ford is dreams, you know, the D, it's the, it's, you know, what are your goals? What are you you know, what are your expectations, you know, going into 2022 um, you know, the, when I first started, my goal was to set, have somebody that I could take out to breakfast and lunch every day. And then my, actually my first assistant her job was to basically make sure that I didn't double book myself because I had done that so many times. I'm like, I need to put somebody in charge of my calendar that that's all they do is make sure that, you know, my lunch appointment isn't on one side of town and my, you know, afternoon appointment isn't before that. So, yeah.
0: Man, you're, you're definitely eating well. Uh, and so, <laughs> and so are your realtor partners. If you're, if you're going out to breakfast and lunch every single day, uh, but, but it's more than that. Uh, there, there's also, uh, another opportunity that you capitalize on and that is the open house uh, yes. of course everybody knows about open houses but but you also have a very intentional way you approach open
1: houses don't you Brian you know the uh, it's all about adding value right you know and you, open houses to me um, are a success you know regardless of how many come in the, come in, the in the door so when you have um, an open house and it's super slam and you go there and first off It's not about us, right? So when I go to an open house, I don't even bring business cards typically, okay? I'm there, I put my name tag on and my job is to kind of just help the realtor coordinate people walking through the home. If it's a super hot open house, which most of them are right now because it's priced right and because there's 50 people that want to buy one house, then our job is basically just to help push, you know, push the traffic through. Hey, do you have any questions? Perfect. You know, make sure that they fill out the welcome sheet, make sure they, you know, leave their comments about the house. Um, but it's just there to assist the realtor. okay? And realtors, every time I've done this, have been so appreciative of us doing that because typically it's just them there and they're trying to keep an eye on things. They're trying to answer questions. They're trying to make sure they get everyone's contact info. So us being there as an assistant goes a long way in helping that open house run smoothly. The flip side of that, let's say that like it's on a Sunday and the Bengals are playing and there's, um, you know, they're, and they're good this year. Right. So people are actually watching them. Yeah. Joe Uh, Burrow. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, let's say that nobody comes. Okay. Well, me being there with the realtor, to me, that's an opportunity for I'm going to be able to ask the realtor well about their family, about their occupation, about what they like to do for fun, about what their goals are for an hour ish. Okay. And they don't have anything, you know, they're going to be super appreciative because them talking to me is better than them talking to nobody. Right. So, um, I love open houses. I think it's an amazing way to get started. Um, I think it's uh, realtors are super appreciative of it. Um, you know, the, we love marketing them on our social media. Um, so, you know, I love promoting it. I love boosting it, you know, reaching, trying to reach those target audiences. Um, Ultimately, it's not about us. It's about how do we help those realtors grow their business? And by being there at an open house, you're either going to get deeper with them or you're going to help them kind of coordinate everything.
0: I, I just love the fact that you go and play traffic cop for these realtors at a busy open house. I mean, how how great
1: is that directing the flow
0: of people? I mean, that's that's brilliant. So you're you're now in, in the process of doing the same thing um, with a different set of, of um, targets. And that is custom home builders, Brian, Uh, tell us about that approach.
1: So, you know, you, when you look at a realtor, right. um, You look at, you know, okay. If, you know, if I'm working with, with this realtor, how many deals do I expect to kind of get from them, you know, per year? Okay. And, you know, my goal is always 12 to 15. Okay. Um, Any more than that. And we're crushing it any less than that? Okay. How do I, you know, they're probably, you know, using me plus a couple other one officers. How do we, you know, get a better capture rate? Okay. And, you know, that is kind of, you know, how to make this business residual. Well, if you want to take it to the next level, and that's kind of what I want to do is, okay, how do I stop selling so much to realtors and just service them? Because I have a lot of fun with all my realtors. And if I get more than 15-ish, then, you know, now I'm spread too thin. So I started looking at builders because I figured one builder, you know, they can send me 60 deals. Okay. So rather than 15. And so I started, I sat down with the builder and I said, Hey, you know, what can I do, you know, to help you grow your business? And the very first thing they said was we're building these homes and the realtors aren't coming through. And we feel like that we should just get more traffic through our model homes because we love the house that we build and we want to show it to people. And so I said, "Well, I work with eight realtors that do a ton of business in your market. Um, what do you think about me bringing them to you, and you know, doing like a maybe a wine tasting or something along those lines? And then you can just tell them all the things that you love about your house and why you build it the way that you did." And they were like, "Oh my gosh!" And then I went to the realtors and I was like, "Hey, you know, XYZ Builder would love for you." To, you know, the come, we're going to provide wine and we're going to have a good time." And they were like, that's perfect because I have all of these clients that are at the 800,000 hour price point or, you know, five, five to 800,000 hour price point, And they're getting frustrated because there's no inventory. And so I'm like, well, yeah, like, why don't we just have to just build the dream house? You know what I mean? I mean, it's not going to be that much more expensive for them to build. And so now everybody won, right? A builder gets a captive audience that they can show um, all of these homes, you know, they're, they're home to. Realtors get the inside scoop on how the builder is building their home and why they did it, you know, and you know, all we did is kind of play the middleman. So make sure that everything kind of runs smoothly. This is a, this is the one um, profession, especially in the purchase business where if you're going to send a pre-approval letter, it's gotta be ironclad. You gotta have done your homework. You gotta make sure that the client is truly pre-approved for it because if they're not, then now that relationship is, you know, going to be in question. It is, you know, that we are going to lose a little bit of our momentum. Um, and that to me is everything.
0: No pressure, folks. Can't, can't (laughs) mess up. No
1: mistakes. No, but
0: great, great (laughs) stuff, Brian. We really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights with us and, uh, best of luck heading into 2022. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Are you a retail loan officer or mortgage banker looking for a career change that will give you more flexibility, speed, and earning potential? Our team of experts at beamortgagebroker.com can help you make the switch to wholesale. Get started today at beamortgagebroker.com. All right, well, I tell our listeners that we bring in some heavy hitters here on Good Better Broker, and I am pleased now to be joined by somebody who definitely fits that description. Corbin Claypool is the broker owner of the Claypool Group powered by Nexa Mortgage, and he is also Nexa's top producer. Corbin, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on here and uh, provide as much value as I can for people. Well, let's just start right there because you have been
0: a mortgage broker since September of 2019 after making the transition over from the retail side. And now you are Nexus' top producer.
2: So how do you describe how that has happened? The small things done consistently over time lead to tremendous results. And a lot of times people think uh, in big picture, which is good. We have to have those big picture goals and, you know, things that we're going after. But how do we get there? What's the roadmap to get there? So... Just doing the baby steps and doing the small things like prospecting, calling my realtors, calling my past clients, you know, getting a partner with CPAs and attorneys, like building the business out to a multifaceted business where I'm receiving referrals from many different sources. All right. So let's let's
0: pick up right there uh, when, it, when it comes to specifically scaling your purchase business, because you know, you know what the market looks like. Uh, those refis are, are not going to be as plentiful as they have been. Uh, so so looking now at the future, uh, as you look to build upon your purchase business, how do those things, those small daily habits you just mentioned, kind of impact what you're looking to do moving forward with your purchase business?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I've built my business 100% based on referrals. Um, and so we don't, uh, we, there's nothing wrong with this, but we don't cold call or do any of that stuff. We do 100% referral. And with the 100% referral generated business, it is very purchase heavy, especially when you're partnering with realtors. And then the refinances, we don't do too many of them because they're coming from past clients and things like that. And being that I only have been in the industry for a few years, I don't have a huge database of refinances to go after.
0: Um, I, I want to ask you next uh, about social media and, and you know, the importance of, of growing your business that way and getting your name and your brand out there.
2: Yeah. So we hired a social media marketing company actually right around the time that I joined Nexa in 2019. And my goal with my social media was to basically just provide as much value and help as many people as possible for free. Um, and not, actually, this is, may sound counterproductive, but not really ask for the business that often on social media, just more so be a person of influence in the mortgage industry in my area and real estate and become the person that they go to for advice on, you know, different types of loan products or building their business or scaling their business. And so I've built a pretty decent following in my area, um, on my social media. And that's how, that's how I've done it and done it on Instagram, Facebook. I haven't really hit in linked hit on LinkedIn too much, but yeah, those are the two main, main pieces.
0: It's interesting because you're, you're one of the, uh, one of the previous guests we had on the show uh, said the same exact thing. You know, one of their first hires when they started was hiring somebody to tackle social media and or marketing. I mean, it's, it, it can't be a coincidence, right? When you're, when you're trying to grow, when you're trying to scale the importance that social media plays in the whole equation,
2: right? No, absolutely. It creates a top of mind omnipresent awareness that you cannot get anywhere else right? You have these big multi-million dollar companies and you're competing against them. How do you compete against them, right? You compete against them by establishing really strong relationships with the people around you as far as business relationships and social media. Social media creates omnipresence that wouldn't be available, right? When they're running Super Bowl commercials and things, you know, kudos to you guys who help us and run Super Bowl commercials, right? But <laughs> A lot of lenders can afford to do that stuff where that single broker is not going to be able to afford to do those things, and social media is one of the cheapest ways to get your brand out there.
0: So you, you've been one of the other things that uh, I think is cool about your you know, approach is that you're very calculated. You know you, you have created a blueprint, as you like to call it for your business, and you've been very strategic uh, with the way you've gone about that. Tell our listeners about your business blueprint, Corbin.
2: Yeah. So, um, the way that I designed my business when it was basically just me and one LOA was I created a blueprint and I would suggest everybody to do this because it's super helpful breaking down the loan process from the very beginning, from when you're selling, when you're getting the client, how, where the client's coming from through the operations process, through the post-closing follow-up. And then as you start to scale and bring on staff, you can start plugging people in those areas. Um, right away without having to create a new job description for them and then what you what I did personally is I started delegating the things that weren't income producing activities and things that weren't putting me in front of people to get more business so chasing conditions this is something that a lot of loan officers get stuck doing when they should hire somebody to take care of that stuff so that they can focus on you know building their business to a bigger level
0: you know some some LOs when they approach realtors they they may be you know prioritizing quality over quantity. You know, they, they may have a couple of of really well-known realtors that they work with and that's about it. You take a little bit different of an approach with this because you right. you try to bring a, a lot of realtors kind of into your, your ecosystem, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the average realtor, if you look, is only closing five to six buyer sides a year. And if you want to do a lot of purchases, how many realtors do you actually need to do a lot of purchases? You're going to need a lot of them. Um, and it doesn't mean that every single realtor you have to be best buddies with, but you have those realtors that are sending you a few, few deals a year, and then you have those realtors that are sending you a lot more. And so, yeah, no, we try to reach out to everybody and let them know what we do and how we best service the client and how we can improve their business.
0: So I, I gotta go back to, you know, initially, I talked about the fact that you were a retail LO, uh, you're now uh, loving life as an independent mortgage broker. So, you know, how, how do you describe Corbin the difference Uh, between scaling your purchase business as a mortgage broker versus a retail LO?
2: Yeah, I wasn't uh, on the retail side a super long time, but I can tell you just the small amount of time that I was there and switching to the broker side, uh, uh, how much, of an opportunity I had, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I just had a lot more opportunity to scale and a lot more freedom to hire people and things of that nature. The way my company set up is we get a lot of the margins, so we are able to bring on people and hire them and we don't have to go to corporate management and get an approval and get them to pay a salary and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I know it's just provided me a lot more freedom to grow and expand and uh, grow my business as, uh, as I want.
0: To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now with more expert advice from independent mortgage brokers around the country. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Good Better
2: Broker.